Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, a blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam, nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are off the clock and authentic, keeping it really real with Nurse Missy. This was, you guys, just so you know, the first time that I recall Sam has ever cried during she hit my feels. an episode. I have never seen oh, you no. like this. And ugh. I started my period today. Hold oh, that too. I'm gonna. There's <laughs> just a. It was a swarm of events. I'm not a all, weak bitch, y'all. I'm no, just it was. No, she's like she just. Good. I don't know. Connected to my soul. There's something about Missy that for for those of you who aren't familiar, you're going to meet her obviously, but when we we discovered her you know however many months ago on tiktok and like there's just this element of her that i swear is going to touch your soul in some way she is just a phenomenal person but also today's episode is just it's it's this is very um i don't want to say deep because that just feels like but it, this is very a layer there's a layer here that i think we all i needed today and you needed today <laughs> that she brings out and we just adore her so Good energy. Very good energy. Okay. Unpopular um, opinion. Are we ready for it? Yeah, this one's yours. Okay. This is my thought because we are definitely in fall season. Chili is better with chips than cornbread. Done. I said it. Yes. 100%. We are here for this. It is chili season. I love chili season, by the way. But I think it's better with chips. That's just me. So I like chili with cornbread, but I like to just like break up the cornbread and crumble it inside mm. i love cornbread i think cornbread is better as a standalone i would agree in general and i think cornbread is best with honey butter okay. Knead it with honey butter that just is the way that it 100%. should be done okay but not, uh, no see okay this is, i'm gonna that. disagree because no. i like salty butter with cornbread like i like the saltiness does that make sense no <laughs> like i like a little sweet with the salty you but know? i don't think cornbread's really that sweet See, oh, maybe I don't know. And there's different types of cornbread, right? The whole reason this came up was because sure. one of the girls I follow um, was doing her iconic cornbread recipe on TikTok. And then she's making it and she's like, this is the only thing that I have a chili in my head. I'm like, no, no, no. Chips is way better. But I am here for a cornbread recipe. Just maybe not. I don't know. I don't think with chili. Mm. I think cornbread. I don't know. I get upset about cornbread, too. Why are we putting jalapenos in it? I don't think. Oh that's yeah, that's. I'm like a yeah. cornbread purist. I think it's right. great as it is. We don't need to add a bunch. You don't need of to doll it up. It. Okay. But I think it needs honey butter. I agree with chips, but I'm gonna just say it, and I will die on this hill <laughs> that chili tastes better with Fritos mm. than tortilla. You're chips. getting specific, and I love it. I am. Okay, here I am here for this. Fritos, first of all, are a staple. Like I feel like Fritos with sandwiches cornbread like that actually makes sense to me that is a true staple with, i hate you know. when people think they're above fritos <laughs> like that they like look down on fritos fritos are delicious, delicious. they're so salty yeah. fritos are the best and they're the perfect little scoop for like when you want to yes. add a little you know you get it right in there it's like the perfect amount it's like the perfect bite of something with a dip you know can i also be a chili purist though okay here we go chili should not have beans in it disagree 100 you're wrong like, disagree so chili disagree. like started in san antonio as like these women and making it and oh. it was like as a like a meat stew sort of thing okay and then like even the roots of chili like chili con carne mm -hmm. 
is with meat. Yeah. I believe that. And also then people put way too many beans in it. And I'm always like eating everything around yeah. it. I want the meat. And totally. then it's like, I don't want just, if I wanted fucking baked beans, I'd eat <laughs> baked beans. I want chili. Cause I want meat in it. I and think... I don't care what kind brisket, steak, ground beef, even a fucking Turkey chili. Sign me up. I, I think chili is a thousand times better without beans in it. And if there is beans, please use sparingly. I was going to say, it's a ratio, right? It has to be a ratio. And I agree with you. I actually do think there should be more meat to beans ratio. But I love beans in a chili. Like, when to someone's me, like, like, here's this chili. And I look and I'm like, this is a pot of baked beans. Let's not get it <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's a little much. And I, I would know. agree with I you. I get um like, no do you have a favorite place of like where your or chili like do you have a favorite chili that you've ever had like in your head i will always be even though it, there is beans in it my stepdad's chili was mm. like because he would mm. let it like sit for a whole day it was phenomenal other than that um big on like my old nannies as yeah. well i don't um, know i feel like i don't think there's anywhere that i would buy it where I like crave chili. I'm very I nostalgic agree. for like the people I know that have made homemade chili. Oh, I love that. But I want to go to Texas. Like I want real Texas chili, especially. I would like, agree. Meat. Cause I think California, it's not as much of like, it's not a, a dish out here that you would be like thinking about when you're in California, but that's a good point. Maybe geographically. I'm going to Texas in January. All right. You so got to report I'll, back. Let me try to, and that's cold. Too, yeah. So that's good chili season. Um, how do you feel about like adding like onions yes. and cheese and yes. all that stuff? Yes. Okay. So toppers, we're going cheese for sure. Okay. Um, onions, green okay. onions okay. specifically, sour cream, absolutely must have. Um, and then dip it in there with, you know, some chips. That's like my favorite thing. I'm trying to think of any other like really good toppers every now and then I feel like actually bacon, like kind of, you know what I mean? Like I've that's never a good been little... mad about adding bacon to anything. Mm-hmm, right. Like you could put bacon on anything and I'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> what about you? Is there anything else that I'm like toppers wise? That no, you I like a lot of cheese to melt on top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get a good spoonful and it's yeah. just like, oh yeah. My mom's, I would, I would agree with you. My mom's chili is my favorite. She just kills it. She she hits that home run, man. Yeah. I'm and glad we hashed this out now that it's like fall, that we really just make sure that we're on the same. It's chilly know, season. It's we got to be on the same page. Do you, guys, do you guys ever make chili like Jacob? Actually, you know, it's funny is now that's become Jacob's new oh. favorite thing to make. So actually, we, he should make some. I'm surprised he how's hasn't be- made some for you yet. the bean ratio? It's, it's a pretty, you'll appreciate it because he likes the same kind of cooking you do. You do. Um, so it depends. Beef for sure. Ground beef. Okay. We've also done... Um, What's the, is it Buffalo? There's another type that he's, he has done before. Like that, venison? Yeah. Or yeah. Or venison. Like, so we'll experiment with different kinds of meats. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely I think you'll like his ratios, but he's been really working on it. Like that's something that he's really proud of. So I'm really excited to, he's kind of coming up through the ranks. I think you know? a nice like brisket chili is really Ooh, where it's at. You yeah. know what, man? I don't know if I've had a brisket chili. Mm-hmm. It sounds delicious. That's the way. Okay. Okay. All we right. need to work on this. We're getting on it. All right, you guys, we're getting into it with nurse missy this week. yes so she is your tiktok bestie we got nurse missy she has over 11.5 million views on tiktok one of one tiktok alone has 5 million views it's insane. that's wild i know uh she's 
become wildly beloved voice over there. She really gets into speaking about overcoming trauma, resiliency, being empowered, and encouraging people to live their fullest, healthiest life. She believes in treating a person's whole trifecta, the mind, body, and spirit. Missy also speaks to deeper and heavier topics, which is why we really want to bring her over here for the selfie listeners, for you guys, uh, such as overcoming childhood trauma and also uses her intuitive energies, connection, and a deeper understanding of what people are really going through. So as a nurse and also a soul coach, Reiki practitioner, um, she uses intuitive, energetic uh, modalities to really be a healer. And Missy has really been, she's been actually featured on Psychic Medium John Edwards' um, web series, Evolve. She also is a certified soul coach and Reiki master, which I'm really interested in, by the way. I think Reiki is really fascinating. I've um, done some Reiki and I, this is, we didn't go into it, but I really think that's something that we need to go into farther with her. Um, And she believes that we can be transformed through the renewal of our minds and also believes that 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 begins with the renewal of our spirit. Get ready, buckle up for an amazing episode. Let's get into it and welcome Nurse Missy to The Selfie Show. Okay, we're going to kick this off nice and spicy. Miss Missy, what is your unpopular opinion? That you can heal from anything that you've experienced, that you can overcome any obstacle in your life. She's the guest we needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I say that, and I say it's unpopular. It sounds like it shouldn't be. I think it is because so many people will hear that and say, oh, but Missy, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, but Missy, you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, but Missy, you don't know. And I'm like, and that tells me that they're very, that they very much identify with the story. It's not a denial that the thing happened. It's a saying, okay, this can define me and this can be the place I live from, or this can be part of my story. This can be part of the tapestry, but it doesn't have to be my life. This doesn't have to be who I am. I am really curious because, so obviously we we found you on TikTok, the wonderful world of TikTok. Yeah. And some of the things that you you say are beyond profound like in the moment when you say them they're just things that like hit me like a mad truck and I'm like oh my god like I needed this today but I really want to go back to like the Missy that where all this began like let's start at the background the very beginning okay let's hear about your upbringing and yeah, the very beginning of all this. Okay, so I, um, gosh, I was born in rural Louisiana and was raised in just a small town, uh, small town rural Louisiana. My dad left when I was nine, and really that just kind of set the trajectory for, for my life, really. Um, my, when my dad left, it, it set off this course of events where I became really ill um, physically, mentally, emotionally. But at that time, they were only focusing on my physical symptoms. And so I spent about a year going through a lot of really terrible testing. And, you know, as a nine, 10-year-old kid, all that's really scary going to the hospital. I remember having to drink barium and like, you know, having all the endoscopy, you know, all the imaging done. It was just awful. It was terrible. And then finally, after about a year and not getting better, somebody finally said, you know, maybe she needs therapy. (laughs) Maybe she needs some counseling. And so my mom took me to, um, there was a Methodist children's home in Ruston, Louisiana. 
and they had family services and she took me there. And um, so it was a Christian based uh, place. And the therapist uh, there changed the course of my life. Absolutely changed the course of my life. She immediately saw that I was suffering extreme fear, panic, anxiety. Back then, we didn't, nobody, I don't even know. I mean, as a 10 year old, I certainly wasn't aware of panic attacks, anxiety attacks. That's what I was having. I was just in a constant state of fight or flight, just absolute fear. She, after about a year of therapy, helped me tremendously. She gave me my first mantra which was scripture uh, to repeat, to help calm me. She actually wrote it on a post-it note. And do you know, when we moved here to Atlanta, do you know I found that old Bible and found the post-it note? And it now now sits on my bedside table. And um, the scripture is, when I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. And I would just repeat it to myself and it would help me remember, okay, I'm safe. I don't feel safe, but I am. And so that just really helped kind of pull me off the ledge. Um, Fast forward many years later, my first marriage, uh, I was struggling. It was not a healthy relationship. It was pretty bad. It was narcissist. He was a narcissist. He was an addict. And um, at one point I started, um, I was in nursing school and I would be sitting down, I would be eating and all of a sudden food would just get stuck in the middle of my throat and I would go into panic and couldn't breathe. And I would have to like cough it back up. I couldn't swallow it. And this happened enough and I would go, okay, I'm young, I'm healthy. This doesn't make sense. So I was like, well, what can I do? So I went back to a therapist and I saw her one time, <clears throat> told her a little bit about my marriage, told her a little bit about what was happening And she gave me, uh, she pulled a book off her shelf and it was called, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she said, well, according to this book, when we have trouble swallowing, it's because we have a lot of things that we're not saying. And so it literally gets caught in our throat. And she gave me my second mantra that changed the course of my life. And that was, I have a voice and I use it. And it never happened to me again. I left her office that day, never had to go back to her. I got what I needed. And yes, that the rest of the course of my, my again, my trajectory um, after my second marriage ended very badly, just like my first marriage. I had married pretty much the same man, you know, same personality issues, addiction, um, anger issues, abusive. And so after that ended really poorly, I finally just sat down with God one day and I said, you know, is, is it me, Jason? <laughs> is it? Is, is it me? Am I the it, drama? Am I the drama? <laughs> am I? Because I knew it. Because by this time, I had been in—I'd been a nurse for several years, and you know, you you go through your psychology, your psychology, psychiatry, you take your sociology. So I had by, by this point had learned enough to go. I'm the common denominator. Um, how did I literally marry the same man? How did, how did I, and I knew that if I didn't figure it out, what was my role, I knew that I would not survive the next one because I almost didn't survive the second one. And I said, I won't get another chance. I won't get another chance. So I said, God, what do I need to do differently? What, what, what has to change here? And he said, well, if you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. And I said, let's do it. Let's do your way. Cause my way is getting me nearly killed and I can't do this again. And yeah, at that time, um, Oprah was on in the afternoons <clears throat> and I would, you know, DVR, put them on the DVR. And so I would binge watch on the weekends. 
um, you know, all the, and at that time she had a lot of Dr. Phil, uh, Deepak Chopra, and Ayanla Van Zandt. And again, those weekends binge watching Oprah's and reading the books that were recommended, again, changed the course of my life. I realized, oh, it was me. I was attracting these things because I was like, they're just being the narcissist. They're just being who they are. They're being addicts and abusers. And you know, I mean, they're just being who they are. Why do I stay? Why do I keep going back? Why, why am I attracted? Why am I pulling that into my life? And so once I learned it, honey, you didn't have to tell me twice. I was like, okay, copy that. Good, good, good. <laughs> Thank you. Let's move to the next lesson, please. Thank you so much. Yes, we love that. I really want to get into this because it's something that we actually have not talked a lot about here on the show. And I think it is something that so many people go through one way or another, and that's digging more into childhood trauma. And is there something that you like, what are three things about childhood trauma that you really wish people understood? Three things I wish people understood about childhood trauma. First, I want to make sure people know that what trauma even is. Because we talk a lot about trauma. We talk a lot about trauma-inducing events. We talk a lot about trauma response. And I think a lot of people are using the terminology not being clear on what it is. Dr. Peter Levine, who is uh, the um, founder of Somatic Experience, he really has changed the course of PTSD and how we integrate our trauma and how we uh, recover from it. And his definition of trauma is not the thing that happened to us. That was just an event. Trauma is what we hold inside of us in the lack of an empathetic witness. So once you realize, oh, 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 you're like, oh, because people will say, oh, I had a good childhood. Let's define good. Let's maybe you weren't beaten. Maybe you weren't neglected. But were there plenty of times when you didn't have an empathetic witness? Oh, yeah. I mean, my mom worked and my dad wasn't there. And I mean, I only saw my mom on the weekends. Okay. Like, here we go. So first, I would want people to know about uh, childhood trauma. Number one, that it can be healed. It doesn't have to be just be something you live with. It doesn't just have to be something you cope with. It doesn't just have to be something. It's not something you just get past. You don't just walk past it. It can truly be something that can you can heal from. It takes work, dedication, consistency, showing up, but it can be healed. Um, secondly, uh, that if it's not healed, it will keep showing up. Trust. It will keep showing up in your relationships, either your romantic relationships or your work relationships. It will show up because that is the thing about our energetic body. And that is trauma. Trauma is an energy. It's uh, something we hold in our energetic body um, that manifests in the physical. If if you don't heal it, it's going to show up. What you don't heal, you're going to feel it. So if you, it's going to manifest in your relationships or it's going to manifest and or in your physical body as illness. I, I believe that's why we have more autoimmune disease than we've ever had. It's literally the body attacking itself. It's saying, hey, there's something in here that shouldn't be here. We got to get it out. It just does what it does. Um, thirdly, that trauma has infinite faces. It can show up. It can be from a fall off a bike. Or it can be from the death of a family member. Trauma is not uh, just in the big obvious disasters or events. They're in the little small things as well where we didn't get that empathetic witness. How has your experiences kind of like in past shaped 
who Missy is today that we're getting to interview right now? I mean, if you, if you, if I didn't have things to overcome, I can't only talk about what I know. I can't talk about anything I don't know about. Not, not with reverence, not, you know, you can call people out on their bullshit. You can, you hear people talking, you're like, you don't know shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't have any street cred. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you even talking about? Um, so for me, yeah. it was just me feeling like a victim me feeling like I had no power up until my thirties and going, fuck this. I've got power. I just got to find it. I got to figure out what's on where, where, where did I lose it? Where did I, and truly the truth is I was never really even taught it. So it was just a relearning. It was an unlearning. Um, so every event in my life, and of course now that I have this perspective now, anytime anything happens, I take this stance of, okay, how am I going to make this work for me to my advantage? Because if I don't, then I'm powerless and I can't walk my, I can't, I can't live my life powerless. I can't do that. So now it's just a choice. It's just a choice to walk empowered, to be empowered. And which can be a really hard one for a lot oh, it of ain't us. Oh, it ain't easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. What were some of the biggest things you had to unlearn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, oh, shit. Okay. This, <laughs> I had, <laughs> Lord, pop quiz. Man. Um, I had to, I had to unlearn, uh, that things aren't just happening to me. I had to take accountability. I had to take fucking accountability for my life, all the good and all the bad. I was at, you know, I was working uh, at a place where uh, I fucking hated it. I hated it. I didn't like most of the people I worked with. I did not like what we were doing there. Patients really didn't, weren't the priority. Um, and so I would come home, uh, not to mention just the tragedies that would happen as, in women health and labor and delivery. And so I would come home. I would, I dreaded going to work. And I would go, okay, oh, I, I have to go to work. I have to do this. And at some point, that still small voice said, you're literally banging your head against the wall. You can't even blame these people at this point. You're literally getting in the car and driving yourself to the very place that you hate so much. Now tell me how that makes sense. And it don't make no fucking sense. And I had to take accountability for that. Because until I took responsibility for it, I couldn't change it. I couldn't be blaming others. This was no longer my mother's fault. I mean, I'm 30. <laughs> this is no longer my mother's fault or my father's fault. Like, this is my fault. Mm -hmm. I keep going back to the place that hurts me. I mm -hmm. keep going to the place that's wounding me. But at the same time, I, that was also, again, showing up in my personal life. I keep going back to the guy that's damn near killing me. How does that make sense? Is that still my dad's fault? Really? My dad didn't put me in the car and drive me there. So you have to take accountability. The problem, why, one of the reasons why we struggle with that, this is why I'm not very popular. <laughs> People say they want to be woke and I would argue against say, that girlfriend. Well, <laughs> I would say you're very well, popular. They but... say, people say they want to be woke and they say they want to be well until it's time to take accountability for even the bad shit that's in your life. And mm -hmm. people don't want to do that because our ego brain doesn't want to accept the fact that sometimes we're our own antagonists. These men weren't driving to my home and saying, hey, come marry me. I want to abuse you for the next six years. <laughs> it's like I was literally like, like... I had to take accountability for my role. 
it didn't excuse their behavior, but I had to take accountability for myself. So again, one of the, the things about that is, is taking responsibility and saying, okay, what was my role in this? Because you're not all the bad guy. Like, where did I show up for this? Where did I sign up for this? And where did I keep going back? Because if you, you showed me who you were multiple times, why didn't I believe you? Why did I keep going back? So just taking that accountability, when we take that accountability and realize, oh shit, I have been a part of a part of my own victimization, that's hard for people to swallow. And they don't, oh, they don't sure. want to. And that's where I become the bad guy. And this is where I see it a lot. And not, I've seen it a couple of times in my clients and my soul coaching when we get to that part where it's time to gently say, and so where did you, you know, how can we take accountability? How can we take responsibility? And they, their ego brain just won't let them accept that maybe they had a hand in that they kept showing up for it. It's a hard pill to swallow. But the cool thing is once you realize, oh shit, I did. I kept driving to that job for seven years where I was miserable. And that's why I was burned out. Oh, okay. So now what can I do about it? Because if I got, if I fucked myself, I can unfuck myself. (laughs) I think that this is very relatable and I think that so many people really Mm -hmm. struggle with one trauma to some degree in all of our lives. Yeah. I would argue that there is, is that, but then I think there is that element and I love that you talk about that, about, okay, I'm going to self-assess and I'm going to take some action to make some change for myself moving forward. I really want to know this, like when you we're moving forward and you were starting this process of, you know, we're going to start taking some action and we're going to start doing all these things. What are some tools that you used to help yourself in the healing process? So back then, gosh, I was in my thirties when I first started this journey. So I just read books. I don't know if there were podcasts. If there were, I wasn't, I don't even have know if I had a smartphone. I did. I did. I had a smartphone, but I was just reading, I was reading books and um, watching, I was watching a lot of Oprah. <laughs> Truly, I was watching a lot of Oprah. And again, this was back in the uh, 2010 or so. I'm trying to think I wasn't even going to therapy. I was just reading books and learning. And again, listening to Ayanla Van Zant, Dr. Phil, Deepak Chopra. So anything they were on, I would watch. I would listen to it and just learn. And I would watch how specifically Ayanla Van Zant would work with people. And she would call people out on their bullshit immediately. She would not let them. They would start to tell the story and she'd be like, ah, try again. And and so many of the, it's a lot of mostly women that she would work with that I would see. And I, I would see myself in so many of their stories. And even if it weren't specific, like between like their story, what they were talking about might be between them and their, you know, mother, them and their whatever. I could take it and apply it to my life because y'all let me bring it back around and go, okay, well, where did you learn that? And where did, and how is this applying? How is this repeating in your life? And it was just really profound. And so I just started making different choices. Um, Just so much reading. I would also just read so much um, about prayer life and spirituality and just deepening my prayer life, deepening my relationship to God um, and working with that as well. That was in the early days. Um, Once I, I started doing um, yoga. I just kept getting this nudge that it was time for me to start doing yoga. I'd put it off. I'd always wanted to do it. It always appealed to me. Um, And I put it off because um, I didn't want to be in a class 
as being, I knew I'd just be the biggest girl there. And I knew I just didn't want to wear like the yoga pants. And so again, this, this still small voice said, okay, well then get a private instructor. And I was like, damn it. Okay. There's too many ways around this. So this was about seven years ago, six, well, no, maybe five, six years ago. And so I said, damn it. Okay. So I asked before I go, before I find a new doctor, a new practitioner, a new whatever, I always ask God, okay, God, make sure I find the one that's meant for me. And so I started Googling and, and called this place and, and got a session, got an appointment with this one lady. Her name is Amy. And again, just, she changed the, the rest of my life as we started doing yoga and just learning how we hold our story and our body, you know, though. So even though I had done deep work on my own healing, on my own learning, unlearning, unraveling, this took it to a deeper level where I would just release stored emotions and would process them. She was trauma informed. So she could just really help me work through those things. And as I was clearing those things out of my physical body, out of my energetic body, that's just when, man, everything changed from there. So yoga was an integral part of my, my healing journey and my just awakening journey as well, because your healing is a catalyst to your awakening. You can't awaken to an expanded, you can't be enlightened if you think you're the victim and everything is happening to you and that this is as good as it gets. That's like synergistic. As you heal, you're going to awaken. And by awaken, I mean expand your awareness as to what this life even is and what we're really here to do and what we're here for. You kind of touched on spirituality. Can you kind of go back and give us a little history of your spiritual journey and kind of where you are now yeah being born in rural louisiana uh we were uh my family i was raised christian and my mom had me in church every sunday and wednesdays and bible study you know uh uh, bible school and i learned from a very early age that jesus was my best friend that's what i was learning in church that's the songs we were singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. I mean, we were singing the songs and honey, I was doing the work. I was coloring the sheets. I was like, Jesus is my best friend. So I just knew. And my mom even documented in my baby. My mom kept a thorough baby book. And she even wrote at two years old, Melissa won't stop talking about God. She keeps saying God made me. And she keeps talking in like other notations about Jesus. And just Melissa keeps, Melissa keeps singing about Jesus. It just always was there. So I took it literal that Jesus was my my friend. So I was always talking to Jesus. If you knew me then and you know me now, I'm always talking to Jesus. So that just became deeper. But so I already had that foundation. Um, But even as a kid, things weren't, the math wasn't mathing. Like, because people, we would go to church and people would say, oh, you know, God loves all the little children, red, yellow, blue, green, whatever. But then I would go out to society, go back to school on Monday, and they were using the N-word. And they were using the F word. And I'm like, now this, you know, kids, you know, I'm like, well, this don't make no sense. Like it was contradictory. And I didn't like contradiction. I would ask questions and people didn't like that. So finally, I just figured on my own when I was in a, as a teenager, I was like, this just don't make sense. I can't bring myself to hate this person and use these hateful words. When I know that Jesus loves them, just like he loves me and we're all created by God. Like I just couldn't make it make sense. So I had already kind of figured that aspect out for myself. But even as I left the church, and I say left the church, I just had quit going to church, especially once I graduated high school. But I kept my kept my relationship with Jesus, like always. And I would still do devotionals, and I would read the Bible. I'd watch, uh, found some great pastors that I loved on TV, and I'd watch that. But again, as I just had this deeper healing in my with the yoga, 
um, it just I came to know God and um, Jesus a little bit better. As I healed my physical body, my emotional body, and just would release these stored emotions, my energetic body, my soul, my spirit got clearer. I got lighter. So as I got lighter and was able to get clear about who I am and my place in this world, and that I, I'm, I'm just not having all these burdens of anger and resentment and old, old fear and old programming. My idea of God expanded, and um, so where I'm at now with spirituality, I've always been very believing just whatever is best for you roll with that who am I to tell you we're all just working with our best understanding of what God is I think our human brains you know humans we think we're so smart right like we just think we know it all and it's very humbling when you come to that God piece and you're like oh really to think that I have God figured out so where I'm at now with my spirituality is if it doesn't feel like love and sunshine then I can't have it in my life. If it takes my peace, I can't because peace, love, joy, the fruits of the spirit, those are my priorities. And um, in my soul coaching, I help people, I guide them to where they want to be. I say, what do you want? What do you need? Well, I need more peace. Okay, cool. Let's see what's got you stuck. What stands between you and peace? And so it comes from a soul, from an energetic aspect of what's keeping you, what's robbing you of your peace. Because if you if you don't have peace, because you're having stress, anxiety, well, you're not going to have much peace. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, and it's hard to break through that. I will say it's really hard. I think that's something that a lot of us really struggle with. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll, what I loved about you too, and I want to say this is what's really interesting is, um, you know, Sam and I have talked here on the show quite a bit about where we are in terms of our own spirituality. I think we're a little less on, you know, the religious side, but still this element of spirituality. And what I, I love about you is you actually really marry the two. You were, you know, you still have your deep core in your faith and your religion, but there's also what I love is this extra element that I think kind of actually gets missed in my humble opinion and religion quite a bit, which is more the spiritual piece, more the, like, to me, mind, body, soul. Like, if I had to pick what I really am probably in the religious aspect would probably be more Buddhist. Like, that's more where I align with. And I really love the idea that you're kind of looping in more of the spirituality, also astrology. Like, where, how did you do this? How did you marry these thoughts and start coming to terms with, like, kind of bringing in these elements? Because I think that's actually a really big piece of why, People really enjoy following you. Well, thank you. Religion is a man-made construct that helps us, uh, it, that determines how we worship, basically. And that's really all religion is. It helps us define what gives meaning to our lives, what we find meaningful, what we hold sacred with our rituals and our ceremony and things like that. And I think it's, you know, if it's good for you and it nourishes you, Absolutely. But if you follow a religion that teaches you to hate, that's a problem. If, you're, if your religion requires you to be condescending and to not be all-inclusive, I think that's a little bit of a conundrum. But that's my opinion. Shit, I might be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I might, be, I might have gotten this whole thing wrong. For me, when I go back to Jesus, Jesus was all-inclusive, full stop. Like, I, 
I don't even know how else to say that. So I just he walked with sinners. He walked with, yeah. I just can't even bring myself like learning about being self-taught about religion helped me as well. I love, I think God, here's what I think is so cool about God. I think God really said to even try to understand me, it's going to take all these different religions. It's going to take all these different belief systems for you to even get an idea as to what I am. I think at the end of the day, you know, I think most of us can agree that God is the creator. And a lot of people who didn't have healthy parents relationship, healthy parental relationships, especially with their father, I think it's hard for them to understand unconditional love, especially from a father figure, that authority type figure. I think so many of us were taught that God's the punisher. And I think if we spent more time with God, the creator, when we say created in the image of God, I think if we spent more time with that peace. I think we have a God that keeps waiting for us to go, oh, you know what? I haven't spent any time with God today. I should check in and just let him know how I'm doing. I think we have a creator that is trying to get our attention always and saying, hey, do you need me? Hey, I'm right here. Hey, I can help you with that. And then we've kind of pushed him to the side for multiple reasons. So for me, when I incorporate God into every day of my life, it enriches it. It brings it meaning. It makes me feel not so alone. It makes me feel supported. It makes me feel like there is purpose and that I have purpose. When it comes to our beliefs about religion and God, I try to remind people that beliefs are just thoughts and a thought can be changed. You might believe that you're unworthy of healthy love. That doesn't make it true. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. So thoughts can be changed. Be willing, be willing to believe that maybe there is so much more to God than what we've been taught, than what we know. And I think spirituality, religion, whatever our spiritual life consists of for each person, there's no finish line. It's not like a, oh, okay, I've learned it all and this is what I believe and okay. Man, our spiritual life should bring us so much joy to be inquisitive, to sit with God and to look for God and to talk to God and say, all right, show me what you got today. Let me see you. But to think beyond, it's so easy to be like, hey, here I am. You see me? But man, to find me, to find me in the mystery, to find me in the last place you look, to see me there waiting for you. Man, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. <laughs> I love you. Oh my God. No, I this is genuinely I like appreciate how I love this. Just authentic and real you are. And I think a lot of people can relate to you. I mean, I grew up private Christian school and I relate so much to what you're saying about believing in God. But the things that I learned going to religious school, like the math wasn't Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And like, but it doesn't mean like I just like denounce right. whole faith yeah. or anything too. And I feel like it, we get stuck in this, like you either go to church to and you do that or, or you're like, yes. not like there's like people, like what you're describing of yourself. It doesn't feel like there's a place for mm, us. Yeah. Get curious. I, I encourage people to get curious. And I want to say this, Jesus went to the temple <laughs> and flipped tables. Jesus walked amongst the community. Jesus mm -hmm. was invited into homes by the women. Come have dinner with us. Come into our home. Come stay with us. His ministry was in the street. He wasn't, you weren't going to find him in the temple. Jesus took it to the people. He could have sat in the temple with the Pharisees and the rabbi. He was teaching them when he was 13, 12, 13. He was teaching them scripture. He could have had his place there amongst the high 
at the temple above but he wanted to be with the people. He would go out to, you know, the mount. He would go out into nature and just talk. He told Peter, on this rock, on this rock, I will build my community. There was no word for church. So when I go to church, I'm sitting with myself in my heart. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to Jesus, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, who was the apostle to the apostles. That's my church. I don't need another man to tell me about the one that created me. I don't need someone else telling me what I should believe. I can talk to Jesus anytime. I can have a conversation. They want that. Jesus wanted to be in the homes. And you know, in the homes back then, they really were very, uh, were very simple. They really just consisted of a kitchen and the home and the hearth where people were nourished physically, mentally, spiritually. Jesus would always tell people, you know, he could heal people. He, uh, you know, any affliction, you know, lepers, the blind. But he would always say, and he didn't have to, but he would always say, now go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Not I have made you well. I'm your healer. You should bow down to me. You, you couldn't have done this without me. But go in peace. He always made sure to speak to their spirit. Pieces of the spirit. The lepers, the blind, they had vision again. Okay, they could have just gone on about their lives. But he always spoke to their spirit. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And I always, again, I look at the teachings of Jesus. I would, and I, I would, I read them and I listen and I ask, what do you mean? What do you want us to take from that? What would Jesus say today in the face of all of this disaster, in the face of all that we face with the recent murders of the two nurses, with the nurse and the tech? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus speak to that? Look for the hope, be the hope, be the reason why we continue. What would Jesus say today? Have peace. God, how can I have peace in the midst of all of this? How could I not cling to my peace? Because when I, when I have my inner peace, when I know that I can't be rocked by what's happening out there, because I know who I am in here. I know that no matter what happens out there, I know who I am and whose I am. I know where I come from. I can still be angry and go, okay, we have to do something. I can use this, you know, to fuel, okay, all right, we need something change needs to happen. Let this be the catalyst. I can sit and be angry and be the victim again. Or I can take that and say, okay, let's use this. Let's let this be the catalyst to say no more, no more, no more. And I will be part of the problem or I will be part of the solution, but I cannot be both. And so I have to make a fucking choice. Now I can sit here and complain and bitch and moan and I can make TikToks that are angry and I can talk about all that's wrong with the world or I can fucking show up as the change, but I can't do both. Fucking Missy. <laughs> can we go to the Church of Missy now? Can we please? It's on TikTok. Girl. No, literally. That's why. This is why... Yes. And you made one comment that was super powerful about you can change your thoughts. And I think that's where we get so stuck, even myself, where I think something and it's so hard for me to think that the way I'm thinking isn't absolute mm. and that it can be changed. Do you have any sort of steps mm. or things that you can kind of give us if we're kind of stuck, stuck. in that place? Yeah. What are we doing more of? Say it with me. Drinking, Drinking more water. <laughs> Good skin, more energy, more mental clarity, and overall health have one thing in common, water. So what are you doing to make sure you get your water in? Okay, our favorite sponsors are back, Hydro Jug. 
This is the jug I bring with me daily everywhere. We are obsessed. I bring this every day with me to work. You guys know it holds half a gallon of water so you can hydrate more and refill less. It also has a leak-proof seal so the water stays in the bottle and off of your clothes. It has a wide mouth opening so you can throw in fruit there or you know I love extra ice so I can load it up. It has an integrated handle so it's easy to carry around and to drink out of. And of course, you can choose any different hydro jug option. They have their pro hydro jug. They have a stainless steel option, their original, they have a glass option and even mini jugs. My personal favorite has been the stainless steel, but now we just got the glass version. Okay, it is so cute. It's the studded glass jug. So it's glass inside, but it has a silicone sleeve for protection. We got the lavender and the the black black studded one freaking obsessed and all hydro jug products are bpa free they also offer 40 different patterns for sleeves that makes it even easier for you to carry your hydro jug of course head over and snag your hydro jug today head over to the hydrojug.com and use discount code selfie c-e-l-l-f-i-e for 10 percent off of your order today again that's hydrojug.com and use the code selfie c-e-l-l-f-i-e and get 10 percent off your order this is a great tip by the way if you um have a great preceptor or you know the holidays are coming up make sure you snag it so when it comes to your thought i would would, what i want everybody who's listening to know is that you are not your thoughts you are the observer your soul that is here inhabiting this body temporarily your soul is the observer of everything that's happening thoughts if you sit and listen to your thoughts for a single first whole minute you will have a million different thoughts. Oh my God, did I leave the stove on? I look really fat today. Actually, I look really good today. Did you see my hair today? I'm looking flop. The thoughts. <laughs> Are you inside my brain? <laughs> literally in our brain. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you could just as easily think, oh, I look fat today. And then literally the next thought be, the next thought will be, your hair looks amazing. They're just thoughts. These are just neurochemicals. These are just charges in our brain. Now, what gets you fucked up is the ones you stick to because you're either going to stick to the one that says, man, you look amazing today or God, you look fat as fuck today. You're going to stick to one and fixate on one based on the story that you fucking tell yourself. I fixate. (laughs) Everyone does. We all do. And I think learning to undo that is is part of, you know, our thoughts are often energies, wounds old outdated beliefs, limited beliefs that are trying to get our attention and say, hey, there's something tied to this. So so one, when you start to fixate, when you attach to that one thought, there's a story behind it. I would ask you, okay, where did you learn that? Okay, so first you're gonna have to have an awareness that your thoughts aren't even, that they're just running rampant. Okay, so that's number one is awareness, that you're just, that you're the observer and for whatever reason you decide to fixate on this one thought, okay, why? Where did you learn it? Are you a fat fuck? Are you a fat piece of shit? Are you not worthy of love? Are you stupid? Are you too skinny, too fat, too old, too late? Are you? Is it true? That's the second question. Where did you learn that? And if you can trace it, if you can contact trace it back, that's cool. If not, that's okay. Number two, is it true or not? No, it's not true. Okay, fucking keep it pushing. Move on. Get a choose a new thought. What we're talking about are neural pathways. And you have a neural pathway that says, I'm too old. 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 I'm too fat, too ugly, worthless, worthless, worthless. So one, we have to have that awareness. 
Is it even true? If it's true, okay, what do you want to do about it? All right, you're a fat fuck. What do you want to do about it? Okay, you're you're not smart enough. Okay, what are we going to do about that? Chances are half that shit ain't fucking true. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Okay, so, all right, I need a new thought. I need a new neural pathway. This is where our affirmations come in. And people will go, okay, I'm smart. I'm funny. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And you're like, okay, Melissa, that's not landing. That's not landing anywhere. Okay, let's try an ifer. But either way, we got to counter that thought because what you're not going to do is run through my brain like an unsharpened chaperone two-year-old with an espresso. That's what we're not fixing to do. So if you're going to come in my brain, we're going to have a counter thought because we're going to fight. We're going to fight. Uh, you're not just going to run around. Don't think I ain't going to like, but I'm going to bring a knife to a knife fight. So if I'm bringing a gun to a knife fight, that's a little much. So sometimes an affirmation, a mantra might not be the end all be all, but let me hit you with an information. Iffer, I-F-F-E-R, an information. What if I'm not so dumb? What if it's not too late for me? What if I am worthy of good things? What if God does love? What if I'm not being punished? What if it all does work out, but it's not just the way that I want it? That will stop. That will interrupt that neural pathway, that neural pathway, so that we can begin to create a new thought process and create a new neural pathway. So good. I mean, it's insane because you just, the way you break things down and really present them is truly like, it. I don't know, it, it hits, it hits really, I think for a lot of people listening today too, like this is just, these are things that it's like, you know, in the back of your head, but you don't, you don't, we don't go there. We almost don't We've want to. Those right? things you've said. Absolutely. But we don't um, necessarily have those tools that you just kind of gave us to stop and counter those thoughts with. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you're not fixing to do is run through my brain like you you don't pay rent. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. We tell that voice, okay, I see you, I hear you, but take a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need you to have a seat. You don't get to run this show. Who's in the driver's seat of your car? Who's in the driver's seat? A lot of times we're in the back seat, just letting these thoughts run our, our lives. Mm -hmm. A great book, by the way, to help with this is called the untethered soul. It's an old book, but by the way, none of this knowledge is new. Let me tell you what I've done. Let me tell you a lot of what I've done Mm -hmm. is read and exposed myself to a tremendous amount of fucking information. And a lot of it was written in such a way to make the author sound like they're just absolutely fucking brilliant. And, oh, my God, I'm such a guru and I'm so brilliant that you even have the honor and the privilege of reading my words. It's like, oh, fuck off. Here's what you need to know. <laughs> like, I'm I'm honestly just a cliff notes for like the spiritual, the esoteric and the metaphysical. I'm like, just tell me what you want to know. All right. Let me just save you the fucking 365 pages because this is what they do. They will write a whole book. And it was literally a one sentence fucking concept. Right. But that doesn't make money, right? You can't make money that way. You're not selling a one page, one liner, you know, right? You got to fluff it. Nobody has time for fluff. Give me the fucking meat, man. Mm -hmm. Give me the meat. Cut the shit. Cut the fucking shit. Like, cut the shit. I need help and I need it now, right now, today, yesterday. Give it to me now. So that, like, my, that's the quickest. See it, interrupt it. Because again, you got to know it's just a neural pathway. It's no different than brushing your teeth with your dominant hand all these years. And then one day you go to brush your teeth with a non-dominant hand and it feels fucking weird. Why? 
because you don't have a neural pathway for it. You've been on autopilot for 30, 40, 50 fucking years. The same reason why you can drive to work and not remember the drive. You have a neural pathway for it. The same reason why you can cook the same meal a hundred times and not even think about it because you're on autopilot. And most of us in this fucking world are on autopilot. We're not consciously aware. We don't have consciousness. We don't have mindfulness in what we think, what we do, what we speak, what we eat, what we feel. And that's why we're in this shit, man. Because we're not bringing conscious thought and awareness to what we're doing. Holy shit. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I keep going back to this person? Why do I keep eating this? I don't even like this. Why do I keep thinking this? Why do I keep doing this? But the thing with the you know, brushing your teeth with a non-dominant hand, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And then people will say, oh, it's uncomfortable. So it must be wrong. Therefore, I'm not going to do it anymore. When in real, in reality, it felt uncomfortable because it was unfamiliar. Only because you did not have a neural pathway for it. That is fucking all. We're talking science. We're talking science. That's all. Can argue science, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just science. science. I want to talk about this because um obviously this is how we connected to you. Let's talk about your TikTok journey a little okay. bit. Okay. Let's get into okay. that. Where did this okay. start? How did this all you know come to be? You are TikTok, you're Nurse Missy, TikTok's best the bestie. You're just like, uh, how did this happen? So I got on TikTok, uh, you know, in the, you know, in the beginning of COVID when we were all at home um, and what I was seeing. So I was, I was a watcher and man, at that time I wasn't working. I was at home. And so between the book of faces, I can't even bring myself to say the name between the book of faces and Inst Instagram. I'm sorry. I just love that because my dad calls it my, my face. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Oh, makes me great. laugh. And then it's so right. Like I, I don't have the book of faces anymore. So I don't know. The, the fact that now I'm gonna only refer to it that that is so funny to me. It's the book of faces. That's so um between between the book of faces and Instagram, which were the only two social medias I was on, everything was fear-mongering. And of course the news. Everywhere I looked, it was fear. And I couldn't live in I was like, I can't thrive in that. I can't, this is not helpful. I don't know. I can't do anything from this place. So I deleted my book of faces. I <laughs> uh, stayed on Instagram. Um, but then I got on TikTok and I was like, okay, well, this is fun. But even that people were sitting there talking about, um, you know, scary things and seeing people that were sick and seeing people that were working. And it was, it was devastating. And I said, okay. I said, well, Jesus, what are, what are we going to do? You know, I talked to Jesus all this time. Jesus, what are we going to do? This is terrible. Somebody's got to stop. Somebody's got to, what are we going to do? We can't just let this fear take over. And he just was like, what are we, what are we going to do? I was like, what are, yeah, what are you going to do? And he was like, no, what are we going to, I was like, oh, come on, man. So I started making TikToks and I had actually, I said, you know what, with, with everything with COVID, I was like, let me go back to work. I'd only been off for a couple of months. So I thought I went back to work at a clinic. And, um, so I'd be driving to work in the morning and man, I was just so happy to be out of the house. 
Look, I was bebopping. I was doing my, man, I had my music playing. Thank God there was still like a Duncan that was open. So like I had my coffee. I was like, man, I got my coffee, my music. I got Jesus riding shotgun. Like life is good. Like I'm good. Like I'm Gucci. And so I pulled up to work. So I pulled up to work and I was like, wow. I was like, so I pull up and I was the one who opened and stuff. And so I, 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 I pulled up and I said, wow. I said, Jesus, you know, I really feel bad. It's like, I actually feel guilty because I'm so happy and I'm so fortunate to get to come to this job. And I said, I know there are people that wish they were happy to go to work, that wish they could even go to work. At that time, people, this was shut down. People were not even going to work. The ones who were, they were going to hell, right? This was the ERs and stuff, like they were walking into hell. And I said, wow, I said, you know, what, what can I do for them? How can I serve them? How can I help? How can we? And he was like, you're going to have to make a TikTok about it. I was like, God dang it. <laughs> God, I love it. Like how, because I was like, how, how else am I going to reach people? Yeah. So I, I put on, so I turned on my phone and I said, good morning, y'all. And I just want to let you know, whatever we're going through, we can, we can rise above it. We're going to get up. It's going to be fine. We're like, we'll, we'll get through this. We always have whatever. And I posted it. I turned my phone off, went inside, turned on all the lights, turned off the alarm, all that stuff, and checked my phone back about an hour. And honey, when I tell you, it resonated. And when I was seeing the feedback, I was like, oh, this, 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 this is what I came for. This encouragement. People didn't, they weren't, they didn't, nobody was talking about hope. Mm -hmm. right. Nobody was talking about what happens in two years when we get through this. Mm-hmm. When we come out on the other side, we were only seeing what was in our face, which was the devastation and the fear and the tragedy of it all. But in the midst of that, while, yes, that was very real. My husband would come home every, it was just, oh my God. I mean, our, my dad, my, my, my husband worked every day. We had to scrounge for in 95s. Like it was terrible. Like it was, I was bringing my own to work. Like, but in the midst of that, while, yes, that was going on, we still had hope. And I had to remind people. We're going to get through this. We are. And not in a, not in a positive vibes only, not in a toxic positivity way, but in a way that said, this fucking, this is, this is some shit, mm -hmm. man, this is some shit, but we're going to have hope because I can't not have hope. We're going to have hope. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're just going to do it for today. And we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But for today, today, we're going to have hope. And that's what the fuck we're going to do on today. But I would also give another little nugget of like how to help kind of change their thought and change their perspective. And, and on, there was one day where I was like, you know what, what makes me different? Then why are they, why should they listen to me? I'm like, Jesus, why should they listen to me? They don't know me. Look at me. I'm just a chicken scrub sitting in her car with her Starbucks. Like, why should they listen to me? And I, I turn like, who am I? Like, they don't know me. Like, who am I? So I turn on the, turn on the thing. And I said, hey, it's your bestie, Missy. And I'm here to remind you who the fuck you are, friend. Because one thing I knew is that there's nothing better in this world than a friend. And a friend never leaves you. Because while I have suffered great tragedy in my life, Jesus was never not by my side. I was never alone. And that's what a friend does. A friend says, we're going to sit in this shit together. And that's compassion. Compassion says, I will enter into this place of pain and I will sit with you until it's done. And that's what I said I would do. And that's what a bestie does. And a bestie 
tells you what you need to hear, not what you fucking want to hear. Oh, girl, you look great in that. No, hon. You need to maybe just look at it again don't in the mirror, her. sis. I don't think you meant... Like, I don't think... I don't think that's what you were trying to... I don't think it's giving what you thought it was giving. Like, a bestie will tell you the truth. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm just like a good nurse. I'm not going to sit here and tell you your... I'm going to tell you what your statistics are. I'm going to tell you based on... This is what I did in oncology. I'm going to I'm going to reiterate what the doctor already told you. Yes, this is what the doctor gave you these statistics. Yes, this is what we know based on the studies that we have that have been published as of today, but let me tell you about hope. The statistics will tell you one thing, but hope will say, "Yeah, but hang on. Let's just give it one more try." Hope says, "Yeah, but what if?" Hope says, "But what if?" And faith says, "Hold my beer." Watch this. Watch this. And it might not look like what you wanted. And it might not be what you wanted, but it could have been what you needed as a soul having this temporary human experience. I think only like first time make me cry on this show. I don't think you've ever cried. I don't think so. Uh, I like could you imagine just like this is your coworker that you get literally to hang like, out with all day? like like this is I'm so jealous I am <laughs> but I'm like over here like crying like a baby okay, but and like, I have to I have to know this because we ask all of our TikTok girlies this question and like the answer is always the craziest answer based on just you drop these pearls of amazing wisdom but what has your been your most viral video like we gotta know what's been your most oh. popular moment oh the most viral yeah so the most yeah. viral video i did was the I first know. time i called was the first time it was it's i think it's had five million it? views. yeah i'm okay. like i have it up right now okay they're using the yeah as the phone it has um it has five million views i think right now but I did it in December of 2021 and I, I'm sitting in my Jeep and I just dropped the dogs off to be groomed <laughs> and I'd gone through traffic. It's Atlanta traffic. So it makes you turn you into the worst person in the world. Like if you haven't healed Atlanta traffic, going to show you right where the wound is because it's awful. <laughs> so I gone through yeah. traffic. I dropped the dogs off and I get back in the car and I'm like, I need to speak to a manager. So I get on my hand sanitizer and I call God. And I was like, I know if I'm thinking it, somebody else is thinking it. So I start recording. I was like, hey, God. Hey, honey. Hey, we need to talk about this love thy neighbor. And I did it in a funny way. But I said, you can't really mean these ones. You can't mean these neighbors. You can't really mean that I need to be loving these people. And God said, I'll sort it out later. Just, just love them. You don't even have to engage with them, but just love them. You don't have to engage and I'll take care of it later. And I said, okay, like a good father, right? A good father's like, I'll take care of it. Just do what I told you. Just go love. Don't come out of your face. You're going to lose your peace. I'll take care of it. And yeah, so again, I went on about running my errands. Posted it, uploaded it, whatever. Went on about running my errands. And honey, when I checked back, um, when I checked back, it was like, oh my God, it was blowing up. People have used it on, oh my God, it's been on other websites, other, like a news channel used it. It's wild how it resonated. I, 
And again, that I I've literally just dropped the dogs off, got in the car, and just picked up the hand sanitizer. You're like it like wasn't Charlie Brown Christmas shirt too, <laughs> which so I love. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, it was Christmas. So yeah, that's my, been my last file that because people, it was relatable. It was relatable. People were like, oh my God, sis. Yes. Felt that. And it's like, yeah, we don't have to engage with them. If somebody is triggering you and they pull you in and, and they're abusive, I don't have to engage with that person. I can love you and want the best for you and not act out of hatred towards you. Like, we, that's the thing. Like, all these things can exist at the same time. I cannot like you, but I don't have to actively make your life hell. Like, I, mm-hmm. like you know, so it was very relatable, apparently. <laughs> very relatable. You are someone I do just want to, like, spend all, like, uh, why don't you live out here? No, I know. Also, you look like, do you, are you a hugger? Like, I just want I you know. to hug me. We need a, we need a, <laughs> like, you look like you just give us such a good hug. Yes. I am, I am a hugger. Yeah, I love, I love hugs because that's the heart to heart. Yeah. Because me, me talking, I'm trying to show you my heart and trying to show you I God. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. But I like when I've ever been so emotional during like an interview before. No, she really hasn't. I, I Missy, like I'm not kidding. She's I'm a Capricorn. If that means anything to you, it does. Fierce Capricorn. I'm like and a, I'm like Libra to the max. I'm like like yeah, Stonewall Capricorn. So weird. It's just funny. Oh, well. It's like <laughs> I would love to talk with y'all, and I would love. I, I just I, I love talking about these things. Wait, you're in Atlanta this, though. I am in Atlanta. Just yeah. Speak for work. Oh, yeah. Please let. Cor- well, no, my corporate office is out there, so it's. Not, I have no idea when, but I'll for sure oh, be. There's yeah. times I'll be going to corporate again for trainings, and I'm going like I'm inviting myself over. Yeah, <laughs> please oh, do. I'm gonna make yeah. Well, and come with me because I already have the free hotel for work. We'll bring the mic, and we can oh, do. If we could, yeah, and like, we could do a live yes. recording. Now I want to hang out with you in person though, because. Yeah, I love that. Hours. I love that. I also I'm going to be doing so before COVID. I was seeing people in person in my home, like people that I know, people I'd gotten know, and I was seeing people in my home doing Reiki, doing um talk. I would love a Reiki session with you. But well, so um, so this is still being manifested. But I'm going to be doing hands on again. In the upcoming months, it's just finding the location and location and setting the date. So I will be doing in person. That's exciting. Healing sessions. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. So that'll be coming up soon, too. Um, But I'll let y'all know. What else are you doing right now currently? Like, what are you? Um, yeah, so what, what, are you I'm, what I'm most excited about. So I have my soul coaching sessions. Anybody can book with me online. But I'm most excited. I just started on this new platform called Riff, R-I-F-F. And so I have a show on there every Wednesday night. And it is, I'm using it like an interactive classroom. So each night, is a, each week is a different topic. And of course, it's all around empowerment. And it's been amazing. So it's me talking with my video on and people are in the chat. But if you have a question, you can come up and do video chat. So it's been amazing to do that interactive, that banter, that back and forth with people. It's just gone to a whole new level. And I'm really excited about that. TikTok mama, TikTok mama seven, you know, the dancing lady from Houston. Yes. 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 
So she had invited me on her platform and we did that for several weeks where we just talked about all this kind of stuff and her, I mean, her community just loved it. And Riff actually reached out to me and said, we want you, we want you on our team. So that has been really exciting that again, it's just, like I said, I'm using it as an interactive classroom and that's every Wednesday night right now. But um, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. In addition to the, the one-on-one -on -one sessions and yeah. Missy, we are so thankful for your time. And to be honest, um, we have to have you back. <laughs> like, yeah. This is one that I think we didn't even scrape the service with you today. I would love to come back. And I actually had pages and pages of notes <laughs> that we didn't even get to. So I would love to. There's a lot that I wanted to dive into. And I still have, you know, I think Sam and I really together collectively believe that this is things that we need in our soul too thank you thank you so much yeah i can talk about this stuff for days absolutely so anytime uh yeah i'd love to yeah absolutely and uh, my website www.nursemissy.com anybody can sign up for um the emails because sometimes i'll do free zoom classes but like i said mostly right now i'm doing the riff classes every week um and that's a great place to find me i do i, I post inspirational stuff on my instagram as well um so i try to just kind of put it that out there and support all you know support the collective in that way because i know it is needed right now times are hard Times are hard. We're still going through things and we always will, whether before COVID we were going through stuff. Um, so, you know, we just need that. We need that support, that spiritual support. We're mind, body, spirit. We got to address all three. It's the trifecta. Well, this is selfie on brand. <laughs> and where can everyone find you on Instagram and TikTok? It's that nurse Missy on both. My handle is that nurse Missy. And I'm on Twitter a little bit, not much. Um, and then my riff link, if you go to my TikTok or my Instagram, I have a link tree there um, that has my riff link um, to where you can join that room for the classes on Wednesday. This, we needed you and we I mean collectively <laughs> oh thank you thank you so much Missy thank you thank y'all for what you do and I can't wait to talk to y'all again thank you I swear that energy just like <sighs> it like penetrated. I needed that we yeah. penetrated it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like <sighs> whoa yeah, I think we both needed that one today. Um, we've both had some pretty heavy weeks, which we will be talking about <laughs> on bonus episodes. So stay tuned for that because you guys are going to get all the juice, all the deets. But today we definitely needed this one. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as well. We're linking all of her resources there. Um, if you want to join her on Wednesdays, uh, I might I might try and see if I can get in there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to this week, but I, I'm definitely interested in hopping over and you know, getting some extra Missy in my life. Honestly, even just following her and getting that kind of daily dose of encouragement uh, while definitely it is recommends wild how good her videos are. And sometimes like they hit you where you're like, Oh my God, I literally, I don't know how you did it, but you touched my soul today. Right. Yeah. Um, as always, thank you so much, you guys, for being here with us today. Um, as always, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there linked in our bio. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and remember to drop your IG handle so that we can send you free stickers, goodies, all that other good stuff. And drop those five stars on Spotify. We love you guys for that. We love you. Thank you. Someone was mentioning this this last week on another podcast. And I thought that was really insightful of like basically saying like that's like a way to tip the show. Like and not mm -hmm. only that, it's free. So it's your way of saying, hey, we really support you and love you. So thank you for all of those. You guys, your rates, your reviews, the five stars, those are what help us. And we appreciate it. 
appreciate it. So um, thank you. And we'll send over your swag bag once we uh, grab that handle. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Story. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned for some more bonus content. Woo-woo. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye.